Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell. But who am I to talk about comedy? Well, I've gathered all the information I've got on seeing over a thousand comedians perform live over the last few decades, including ticket stubs, photographs and what they've said about me. And you can find all of that important and exciting information on my website, thecomedynerd.com. I love talking to the people in comedy about comedy. So if you like to hear what I have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. Thank you. My guest this episode is a versatile performer, weaving song, dance, poetry and comedy into a beautiful tapestry. At once funny and impressive, she flits from one form of expression to another with beauty and delicacy. It's cabaret artist, Angela Legg. Hello. Hi. Are you happy? Uh-oh, I'm not good at talking. I'll try. Uh, Before we get into the details of the shows that I have seen and obviously the other shows that you've done as well, what made you want to start being a a performing artist originally? It's something I've always done, like since I was tiny. I loved dancing and being in musicals and theatre shows. and It it was just the one thing I always loved doing. So even right from teeny tiny, like I was first on stage when I was three and yeah, I've loved it ever since. What were you doing at three? I was dancing, dressed as a bussy bee. As a bee. <laughs> it was just like a dance show. So I, I did ballet when I was yeah. little and yeah, they just thought that would be amazing part. Like we just did one dance. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my mum loves to whip out that video from time to time to embarrass me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you then study dance or musical theatre? Yeah, I went to Roehampton University. I did drama and theatre studies at uni. Of course. Um, (laughs) And it was a a Bachelor of the Arts. And what did Mm. I study? We studied lots of weird kind of styles of performance, um, like performance art things that I'd never encountered before. And then... um, Mm. And like site-specific performance, I really liked, and community performance. Okay, and what are they? <laughs> community would be like projects that are built for a specific, like to bring people together or to like target particular groups. Um, hmm. And then I still did lots of musical theatre and like was part of a society that would put on little festivals and. Lots of performing okay. and seeing shows because it was in London. That was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was the Student Society of Art and Performance, or SOAP, as we called it. Nice. And um, it was it was just like an open festival, so like anyone who went to the uni that wanted to perform stuff would would come and take part. Uh huh. Just programmed it in one in the drama block, and I guess anyone could come, but. It was all students performing. Right. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I graduated and I was like, wow, <laughs> first class degree. I'm going to become famous. And then I just, the thing is, I've always hated auditioning. So mm. I quickly realized that that's not very helpful if if you actually want to become a performer, <laughs> um, unless you're going to create your own stuff, which was then, I guess, the route I went down yeah. a bit more. Yeah. So when you went down the route of doing your own stuff, what what were your original ideas? What did you what were your expectations? Um, at first, I did like a writing course, um, 
mm-hmm. to try and see if I could come up with my own things, which, and it, I did a bit of that at uni, like writing my own shows, Yeah, but I don't know. I wasn't sure what I wanted to get out of it or whether I had ideas that I liked. Right. Um, it was more when I moved to Glasgow that I started writing. Well, my, my the original idea was just adapting the song mm-hmm. Diamonds Are Forever into Donuts Are Forever because <laughs> my friend did like a food-themed event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. I'm so inspired by my job in the donut shop. And <laughs> I performed it and people laughed and I was like, yay, I want to do this some more. <laughs> so did you yeah then I started writing lots more that was inspired by my job or my life sort of um or like exaggerating on that I'm making this crazy character yeah and and yeah I was writing poems and little songs and then yeah. doing lots of cabaret nights and poetry nights and comedy nights and I wasn't really sure I'm still not sure which which bit I fit into but Hmm. yeah just came up with lots of lots of fun fun stuff yeah I hope (laughs) (laughs) um I mean there were some great events in Glasgow that I used to perform at Mm -hmm. yeah like the all sorts cabaret and the spangled cabaret yeah and express yourself poetry night and the loud poets in in Edinburgh yeah um yeah I did so many cool events um when I was up there so yeah now i'm living down in my bungalow life's a bit different (laughs) i i do miss that crazy city life of finding loads of gigs to do but yeah but yeah it was a lot of fun when you were performing were you thinking i want them to take my poetry seriously do you thinking i want them to really laugh at this performance i'm going in lighthearted did did you do something serious that people laughed at and you thought actually this should be funny how did it develop yeah, I guess like with that original song, just singing "Donuts Are Forever." Yeah, I didn't really see that it was going to be that funny. But when <laughs> I was more just desperate to like, because my friend was putting on this event, he was like, "You have to be in it. Think of something to do." And that was like the only thing that came to me. So I was like, "Okay, it's it's related to food." And I think just the surprise for people of like changing the lyric really got people laughing so that was really nice Mm. um but yeah I never I don't know I I like to keep things quite light-hearted I don't want to like write tragedy or anything but (laughs) I I feel like I kind of prefer doing poetry nights because people don't expect to laugh and I think my kind of material may be um I don't know, like it's so weird for comedy shows, not quite, I, I don't know, but <laughs> at poetry it's quite nice because it's often quite a lot of serious content and then I come on and it kind of gets a little more joy in the room sometimes. Yeah. Is that something that you're always going for? Are you conscious of lightening the atmosphere? Uh, yeah, I try try and keep it light and fun. <laughs> um don't know. I feel like some of the topics I talk about can not be as happy but then Mm. I don't know I feel like I'm always trying to see the the good side of it or just laugh at myself you know yeah yeah so when I've seen you perform it's it's quite a variety act because you do a little bit of singing little poetry little dancing Mm -hmm. there's some comedy I mean what's 
what's your favorite discipline? I mean, you mentioned a minute ago that you're you're not really sure what you want to do, but where are you most comfortable? Where are you happiest? Um, like you say, I kind of never know what bracket to put my stuff into, and probably variety is the right bracket that I just do a little bit of everything. Um, I I don't know if there's one thing I like the most. I feel like I am like, oh, what's, like, I don't know. I love dancing. Like, I feel like that's so freeing and fun and silly. But also Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, I'm not like a professional dancer. I just enjoy it and I know a few moves. And then it's the same with all of it. Like, I I like writing silly rhymes, but I don't feel like I'm a poet. Like, (laughs) just like taking little bits from all all the genres that I enjoy and smushing them all together. (laughs) So when you were doing your first show, did you have expectations from the audience? Did you have expectations of the performance of of yourself? Did you have anxiety, nerves? What was that first show like? Yeah, I definitely get nervous but I just try and channel it and try and have fun on stage but I do I do still feel like I kind of prefer if my audience just like sit and listen I'm not (laughs) so good at at dealing with like people who want to be really involved or like people who are disruptive I'm I'm very much like I like to have my script I think it's probably from doing theatre and stuff when I was younger it's like I've never quite got that the way that some comedians can really like deal with situations (laughs) I'm very much like you're the audience I'm the performer please just listen to me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I just try and have fun and and enjoy it yeah do you feel like you have to stick to the script or a lot of comedians are they they like to be able to adapt to the room and sort of localize everything to what's going on in the room and changes and improvise. Do you are you happy with that idea? I mean, given what you've just said, do you like to stick to a regimented uh, uh, structure? With my solo stuff, mm. mostly the characters talking in rhymes. Yeah. So it is really difficult <laughs> if someone wants to get involved when I'm halfway through a poem. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't figured out how to do that really <laughs> no um that would be a good thing to learn it it was a bit easier like with that duo stuff because we were a lot more just playing around mm. being silly yeah. so you could kind of get the audience a bit more involved or like respond to things they were saying yeah. but yeah with my solo stuff I did find I do find it quite hard because yeah like I say I, I do script things and I do really plan how it's gonna go yeah you mentioned this character. This is a person that you play on stage. Again, talking to comedians, um, I ask often if the person that they're on stage is a character, or is a is a, a like an extension of themselves or or a, a version of themselves. Did you establish from the outset that you didn't want it to be you on stage? It would be somebody else. Is it a role that you're playing? Is that the actor in you? Mm, that's the scariest part for me of like writing my own stuff. There's part of me that still much prefers to just be given a script and get to be someone completely different because right. I think when I've written it and I'm performing it people are automatically assuming it's me yeah. and obviously when you write you are basing it on something mm. that's within you but I think I always say like it's sort of me but sort of not um 
a lot of it's based on things maybe that have happened to me, mm. but I do really exaggerate it or I take from from other things I've heard about or, you know, just to make it more dramatic. So, no. so yeah, I, I like to distance the character from me. Yeah. Uh, let's say she's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but the character is Miss A-Leg. It's not a great leap, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I need a new stage name. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the Daft Duo. How did that come about? Yeah, that was a, a lockdown project. Mm-hmm. So me and Thomas um, living in different places, me in Glasgow, Thomas in Edinburgh, and we we wanted to keep doing something creative. So, yeah, we started doing silly videos and and doing like Zoom events. Mm-hmm. And then when when things eased a bit, we, we got together and we, we did some like physical comedy together and took it to real events. And yeah, yeah, it was was all like a lockdown thing, but we've been friends for like years and years, but mm. that was kind of the thing that that triggered the daft duo. Yeah. Yeah. When you started online and then you took it to a live room, how much did it change? How different was online and live? It's funny because our first projects were videos. Yeah. And then to kind of add the comedy, we would make them double speed. So like <laughs> our voices would be squeaky and we'd be doing silly things um obviously it's very difficult to go double speed in a room with other people um so that was it was figuring out how we can still have this same kind of energy in in the room with people mm-hmm. um which unfortunately required lots of props and <laughs> lots of silly silly like yeah we we needed lots of space and lots of um chaos yeah. basically um but then the hosting events, obviously, we couldn't be double speed to host online <laughs> events. So that was slightly easier transition to to do in a room. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it was it was tricky. Like we didn't do the same, the exact same material from our videos, mm. but sometimes we tried to incorporate elements of it yeah. um, on stage. Yeah. Mm. And then you took Daft to the Fringe last year. Mm-hmm. What was your Fringe experience like? It's funny because, it. I mean, we had a lot of fun, but like I say to people, we we must have been in the smallest room that <laughs> that there is at the fringe, yeah. And with all the props that we had and <laughs> the chaos we wanted, it was very hot and very. <laughs> but but it was really fun. Like we had some some great audience experiences and mm-hmm. um, and it was just like our first time, really doing the fringe in that way so yeah yeah it was it was tiring it was exhausting but it was a lot of fun yeah yeah did you get out and explore the fringe and see other acts a little bit I mean I've been to a lot of fringes yes and I think because that was the first one well it wasn't the first one I was performing but the first one that it was just like me and one other person Mm. organizing the whole thing and doing it yeah I think we were both quite exhausted. Um, yeah. And I was also in another show and it was just a lot going on. <laughs> it can be hard to see other things, but um, I, I tried to see some things. Yeah. yeah. Comedy and theatre. Yeah. So what sort of things did you see? I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. 
I should have wrote more notes. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know my memory. Um, I went to lots of free fringe stuff. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. And what about the other show that you were in? Oh, yeah. I was also in a show. What was it called? <laughs> I was in Glass Slippers and Silver Bullets. Yeah. Which was a, a horror pantomime. Yeah. And I played the fairy godmother, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, yeah, it was Cinderella, but not quite. <laughs> she turned into a werewolf and I was there to save the day or not. <laughs> <laughs> how did the two experiences compare you're running two shows at the same time very different shows uh one that is you're very much a part of the creation and construction of and then you're in the small room with lots lots of stuff that's sort of chaotic going on and then you've got another thing that you are a part of a greater ensemble with more people involved how do you go with flip from the one to the other i guess i try to just keep them fairly separate in my head because they're so different mm. um I'm in with glass slippers it was it was just that I auditioned and I got the part so I didn't have to be thinking about the producing side so much mm. um so yeah it was more I could turn up and just kind of enjoy just doing the show and not not worry as much with it um yeah I mean with both it was obviously loads of flyering and trying to get people in yeah. but I it's tricky when you're doing a show that's like for family, like family friendly, and then one that's 18 plus. You can't really fly on both at the same time <laughs> or like tell people to come to your other show too. So, yeah, yeah I just kept them quite separate. It was like afternoons, the glass slippers, and then evening is, you know, one bite only. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And what about uh, audience feedback and response from your, from your show? How did that go? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One bite only. We got some good reviews, and people seem to enjoy it and say nice things. Look, I had like we did a couple like performances out like on the fringe stages, yes. and I had like a person be like, "Oh my gosh, like your songs, you're like Victoria Wood," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> wow," <laughs> just because I like a silly rhyme. Um, and what else? Yeah, lots of people would compliment the the songs after the show. Mm -hmm. And then it makes me like, oh, maybe I should just focus on the songs. I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really nice that people, you know, felt they could say nice things afterwards. Yeah. That they enjoyed it. Yeah. And then from two shows that involve uh, another person or a group of people to this year at The Fringe, you did two shows that were all you. Mm -hmm. so a different experience I imagine yeah very different um it's funny because I doing a solo show at the fringe was something I always said I'd do since my first ever visit to the fringe which was literally 10 years ago mm -hmm. um so and I applied to do it in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> and um that wasn't to be so then I think like teaming up with other people was my way to try and get motivated again hmm. and then this year I was like oh let's just do it um but yeah it's quite it can be a bit lonely doing it on your own but hmm. it was nice like I made links with other solo performers which was really nice um 
but yeah I did struggle to be motivated and to get the shows ready to be honest but mm. I'm glad I did it I feel like I've ticked it off my bucket list and and it was it was mostly a good experience <laughs> when people came <laughs> mostly I had a couple of like drunk audience members both for the children's show and the adult show um which was interesting um <laughs> Like I said, I'm not so good at dealing with um, situations like that. And when you do it with PBH, you don't, you know, you're not going to get, you know, security or anything like that. So it was, um, it was interesting. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I know how to do it right next year. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the two shows. Okay, so the kids' show was Good Egg. Mm -hmm. And that was a musical version of The Ugly Duckling. Mm -hmm. Well, it was based on an existing musical called Honk. And I just took the songs I liked and did it as a puppet show. <laughs> um, so that was a lot to set up in the space and a lot of props, which I hadn't learned from the previous year to just not have too many props. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, it was just me singing the whole way through, really. Mm. I'd never really planned, like done a kids' show before, and I think I was a fool not to like think about the target age group was something I learned from that. Like and and it was maybe just too much singing. But it, it was fun and people liked it, I mm. think. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and my mum knitted all my puppets, so it was like a, it's the show's like all about you know being a mother and like your baby like mm. being ugly and <laughs> turning into a swan, yay! Um, but <laughs> I feel like it was, it was, it was like I, it felt really wholesome that like oh my mum made all my props and people love to like look at the puppets afterwards and yeah. I almost feel like that side of it was more joyous than like <laughs> actually. <yeah, laughs> Um, and then Screwed was the other show, yeah. and that was 18 plus, that was like 10 p.m., um, and that was my my weird character, tap dancing and rhyming and all stuff I'd written, and that was also <laughs> interesting. Like, my audience ranged from, like, two people to, like, 20 people, mm -hmm. and... And yeah, I mean, performing both shows were in the basement of Burrito and Shake. Yeah. That was, I mean, yeah, there's just nowhere like it. <laughs> I've seen someone else be like, this is the most fringe venue ever because you've got like the kitchen one side of the stage, the toilet the other side. Yeah. I mean, it's not a stage, is it? It's just a room. But um, yeah, it was a true fringe experience. And yeah. I would do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You do use a lot of uh, props, as you were saying, you last year and this year. Mm. Are they protection? Are you got the props because you don't have people around you? Hmm. I mean, for the kids' show, it was kind of essential to sure. show different characters. Mm. Um, for the adult one, I really did try not to use too many props. <laughs> like, I kept it all in one bag, and and I did it. I mean, I guess I did also use a puppet in that. And... Yeah, you literally mm -hmm. created other people, Rush. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing. It's just a realize. point. It's a point of interest. Is all. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't even aware, but yeah, that is what I do. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like they are essential. Like I need, I need something to respond to or like to mm. bounce off. I yeah, like, I mean, I've never done normal like stand I've never done stand-up comedy or like yeah I mean some of my poems can I can just stand and say a poem but (laughs) but yeah I do I do quite like having those little elements that I can have to just like keep things changing a bit yeah yeah so you mentioned about during the lockdown you did videos and as a performer who wants to be out on stage it's over three and not having a stage to perform on. How else did you keep your creativity flowing? Yeah, I tried to do some solo bits as well and some writing. Yeah. But again, it was it was tricky to like again to be motivated. I mean, Thomas was doing the the alternative interviews events, mm-hmm. which was like giving prompts to performers to respond to. Yeah. So that kind of help me try and come up with some new ideas I don't know I feel like really I just like cling on to the material I have because I do sometimes struggle to write new stuff so I don't know I feel like when I've got something that I like I just like keep doing it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I mean in lockdown I lived with a poet and he also tried to encourage me to keep being creative and to Mm. write stuff but I don't know it was a hard time to to come up with funny stuff I think <laughs> I'm jealous of people who, who can do that but yeah how are you with watching other performers when if they, if you're watching someone if you have ideas and you're doing uh, you're doing puppetry or you're doing poetry or have you and then you see other performers who are doing puppetry or poetry can you engage with it or are you are you constantly thinking about oh, I would have done that differently or how could I come up with something like that do you detach and enjoy the show or do you go into work mode Mm, it's funny I do find if a performer like even just touches on a topic that I also talk about I'm like (laughs) what did they say like like, yes it is hard to switch off from thinking thinking like that but um that's why it can be nice to see things that are completely different to what you do yeah um but then you want to support other people that are doing similar things so it's really tricky yeah. Um, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Performing at the Edinburgh Fringe, um, what you want is a unique proposition, a USP for yourself. But also, you're in competition with three and a half thousand other shows. How do you feel about being in a, a competitive performer or competition in general? Uh, it's not something I really engage with. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like this year I didn't even try to like. <laughs> <laughs> to be in competition with people like I was just like oh, I'm just doing this for fun like yeah I've stopped kind of seeing it as like a, in, in an industry that I'm getting into I've started just being like you know what I enjoy performing and if I'm going to keep doing it I need to keep enjoying it yeah I think maybe last year it was a bit more oh you know we this is our first time and we really want to get people to to like come who are important Hmm. and I think putting that much pressure on it can be really make it really hard like 
I feel like I'm the kind of person who really obsesses over like archiving everything I've done on the on a website or <laughs> whereas really I hate like going on social media and I hate I hate like all the admin side of like writing to all these reviewers to try and get them to come it's so like <laughs> oh I just think like it it sucks the joy out of it a bit for me so I've just started you know, since I first went to the Fringe, it was very much like this is a a huge thing and there's so many shows and yeah. so much like cool creative stuff happening. I think it's just cool to say like I was part of it, like even just a tiny little part, but I was there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in future I want to, if I'm performing, I don't want to perform as much. Like I want to actually enjoy the Fringe and see other shows hmm. and not be so caught up in what i'm doing yeah mm. do you enter other types of competition uh <laughs> as a performer do you do you go in for like new comedian type i did actually do one new comedian of the year thing during lockdown that was yeah was terrible i mean <laughs> i was in the heaps <laughs> but that yeah I, I wasn't very happy with my performance but then it's hard to know <laughs> when you're on zoom isn't it like yeah I don't know what people are thinking. <laughs> yeah. But then I feel that in the room sometimes. I come off stage and I'm like, I don't know what the audience thought of that. I didn't I didn't feel it. So... <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so you've mentioned um, an interesting diversity in your audience with the drunken people at kids shows, etc. Mm. So what so far have been the best and worst moments for you? Hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like some of the best gigs I've done have been more like at cabaret nights and things because mm-hmm. the audience are always just so like up for anything to happen. Yeah. So it's quite, quite nice for like my, my variety style. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like cabaret audiences do but well, they're always so like en- energized already so they're really into it yeah um i mean yeah sometimes like you say at comedy nights they they just don't get what i'm trying to do mm. or uh, like it's hard when you're in a lineup that's all stand ups and then you go on stage and you're like i'm going to do a poem <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it ah. um yeah so i mean yeah i've done some some open mics at like monkey barrel yeah and uh, sometimes it's just a really long evening isn't it <laughs> and then you're like the last act on and everyone's just like this needs to end <laughs> so, like, oh, i feel that i feel that <laughs> so they can be hard is there any specific mm. moments that stand out you go oh my god i don't want to ever do that again or wow that was the best thing that's ever happened oh well i mean at the fringe there was some drunk people mm-hmm who came to my show and then it was strange I mean this chap was was shouting how great I was during my show which was kind of um he wasn't being nasty like he was being nice to me but he was so drunk (laughs) and then like all the rest of the audience left and I I just think maybe it was slightly disruptive (laughs) so that was sad um so yeah that wasn't so good I mean, that's happened in, in One Bite Only as well. Like, we, when we've had people walk out, it's never a nice feeling. 
but then it's it's the thing with free fringe i think like mm. people come they don't really know what what to expect and if it's not their thing they will just walk out yeah <laughs> so tragic. Yeah. Mm. what about the best moment so far yeah again like i mean people are... <laughs> when, when i'm like eating a donut and people get really engaged with that that can be really fun that can be a nice <laughs> moment of audience <laughs> so the, <laughs> An, the best moment you've had on stage was eating a donut that's what you're telling me yeah I just like when I'm really enjoying myself like people said oh like when you start dancing and because you just look like you're having so much fun like the audience really get behind it so those moments that are just freeing and just daft like what about on day 20 and you're having donut number 20 yeah that's not so fun (laughs) (laughs) no too many (laughs) so you can have too much of a good thing Mm. yeah so the worst thing you've had is there's a few people walk out of a gig and the best thing you've had is a donut this, <laughs> this oh is what God. you're telling this is what you're telling the audience these are the highs and lows of performing arts wow i think it's just yeah when the room's really laughing and on board with what you're doing yeah. it feels really nice um or like when people come back and see you again and they say, oh, I saw you last year and yeah. I loved it. So I come to this one and it just feels nice when, when people say nice things or say like, yeah, keep going with it. You you shouldn't, don't ever give up. Like, Yeah. Yeah. It just feels really nice when you know people have had a good time. Yeah. And like what you're doing. What are the most important lessons you've learned so far then? I think don't don't exhaust yourself like with looking to next year I'm thinking to only do alternate days Mm. I know it has other performers do do it like you team up with another show and you do the slot on alternate days Mm -hmm. and I think that would be a really good way to not be so tired like (laughs) i think every every day of the frame you just wake up you're like oh my gosh i have to do that all again Ah!" (laughs) and even though i only did a week this year it was just you know two shows every day it was was a lot (laughs) it was a bit too much yeah i mean it just depends what you want to get out of it like if you're really wanting to get get like contacts through the door you do need to put so much time into tracking those people down and getting them in (laughs) whereas I think you know I was just trying to get the shows ready and and enjoy doing them so yeah yeah. but yeah try and enjoy it like yeah it's a it's a mad place but just yeah try and love what you're doing and remember to have fun with it is that how you measure success, personal enjoyment? I know people will look at it going, oh, you know, I it's a success if it makes money or if it gets recognition or if it gets review. Is it purely about personal enjoyment? Is that how you measure I it? I mean, last year, doing the, like, it was so nice getting reviews because mm. it's kind of, it, like, justifies that you're doing something good. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to, like, measure what people think of what you're doing unless they tell you Mm. or they comment or they put something on social media but yeah definitely getting some some stars was like a nice feeling 
Um, but yeah, this year, you know, I was I didn't I wasn't expecting any reviewers or anything, and I just I just wanted to have fun doing it. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of my goal for this year was to enjoy it. Yeah. Which I did when I wasn't exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. And what about the coming year? Do you already have plans about what you want to do as a show? Yeah, I've I've had a couple of meetings with my friend who lives in Denmark, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to work together on a show for next year. Uh-huh. Um, kind of comedy sketches. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's the clumsy Dane, and it's all about kind of overthinking and yeah. I don't want to give too much. Shall I give lots away? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, those kind of conversations you have with your brain when you're thinking too much. <laughs> it's about that. <laughs> what about the people who inspire you, contemporaries or people you saw growing up? Is there people who inspired you or continue to inspire you? It's funny. I was asking my mum, like, oh, are there comedians I used to like when I was little? And I feel like it for me it was a lot more just like not stand up comedy it was more like I don't know just like TV shows that I liked mm. um I mean more at uni like looking at like Bridget Christie someone like mm-hmm. that with the the ant thing it was like yeah. you can actually make a point and be silly at the same time yeah. which was quite cool um I remember at one of my early fringes there was this duo called the ruby darlings Mm -hmm. and i honestly to this day still have one of their songs stuck in my head and again that was like silly rhymes but also making a point at the same time Mm. so yeah i guess that inspired me yeah yeah so you're looking to make a point in your show i think sometimes i come up with ideas and i'm like yeah this is gonna make such a deep point but then I surround it with too much <laughs> stupidity that actually <laughs> the point kind of gets lost. Uh, <laughs> perhaps. But no, I can't really control like where my writing goes. Like I just come up with an idea and I write it down. Mm. And yeah, sometimes it's like touching on a point, but I feel like I struggle to stick with one point. I just go off on a tangent again. So. <laughs> you've done so many different types of things like i say are there strings that you haven't yet applied to your bow things that you want to do you haven't tried yet Mm -hmm. i mean i do own a ukulele and i feel like (laughs) when people are like (laughs) when people are like oh you know that your songs are really good your songs are really good i was like i need to like focus on the music i need to become an amazing ukulele player um but i'm very bad for like starting things and then dropping them so <laughs> i don't know if i will do anything with that um yeah it's tricky like i say i feel like i just do a little bit of everything and then smush yeah. it all together so <laughs> so i don't know where yeah. next uh, how can we find out about you and how can we find out about come to see you perform? Yeah, I'm going to do Screwed again in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just a one-off show. So that's a bit scary, but it's exciting. Um, Why is it scary? I don't know. I'm just really worried because <laughs> I haven't really thought about the show since The Fringe ended. And then mm. I'm like this. I don't 
kind of plan and then I apply for things for even though I'm not even sure I want to do the then I get it and I'm like oh now I have to sort my life out um, um I'll be at the Penn Theatre the 7th of October I, like I say I haven't thought about it and then yeah now it's happening so and it's quite soon so yeah. I need to think about it <laughs> Uh, I mean, I said I hate social media, but I do have social media (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I do occasionally use it. Um, So, yeah, I'm on like Instagram, Facebook. Where else? Oh, X. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, I have like a link tree and a website, which I occasionally update. So, yeah, yeah, keep an eye on those. Um, I think my Instagram's Miss A Leg, so that's easy. And the link tree's like Linktree slash Miss A Leg. So on there, you'll find all the links to everything. Go to the link tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm very good at self promotion. Yeah, <laughs> and describing what I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the last thing I ask um, is always. How would you sum up comedy in a nutshell? I think comedy in a nutshell is, (laughs) it's more like, I think it's more like the silly little everyday things that make you laugh. Hmm. Like I think every day has something comedy in it. And it's maybe not all about what happens on stage for me. It's more like the silly stories from work or from my family, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, anything that tickles you. <laughs> but then maybe you should write it down and take it to a stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. But yeah, I think a lot of the comedy that I write and most people write is taken from real life. So, you know, sure, go and see live comedy, but also laugh at yourself. And just in- enjoy the the comedy from every day. People watch. <laughs> That's my advice. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>